Good afternoon, gurus, and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Morne, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? I'm a bit uh, in between of how the game on Thursday went. I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be nervous. I don't know. But we'll discuss, and then we'll come with a conclusion of how we both feel after the after the game. But, yeah, how did you think the game went? Uh, well, with regards to the game, four changes from the Leicester debacle. Check Koscielny, Quindosi, Ozil in, Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, Torreira, Leno, and uh, dropped to the bench. Um, the start, I must say, was quite shaky because for me, it was almost like they were trying to shake out that cobweb from the last three games. We, I mean, we were really shell-shocked in those games. Um, with Valencia, of course, flying out of the traps, doing this very high press, you know, almost like trying to keep us in our own off. And I mean, at times you could see the pressure was getting to us because at one point, I think Rodrigo and Guedes were doing this high press and Ainsley Maitland now started heading towards his own penalty box and then did a <laughs> Cryfton. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but for that few seconds, I was actually holding my breath. What are you doing, doing that thing in such a uh, you know vulnerable area? But okay, he managed to get out of it and lay on, you know, for our, like our sort of attack. But that said, Again, Valencia were just pouring them in forward. On, in the eighth minute, alarm bells go off as Arsenal now seeming, seemingly still fast asleep. As Parejo then floats over a well-rehearsed free kick. Uh, I think Rodrigo pulls off Xhaka, or peels off Xhaka, should say, and fires a ball across goal. And then, of course, uh, Garay ended up missing from about five or six yards out. I still don't know how he managed to miss that. But I think at that point, like for me, I, I thought, okay, let's just try to solidify the game. Like, just had to keep it at nil-nil. But it seemed like that all went out the window as well. Yeah, because, look, Arsenal looked to be almost like daydreaming in a, in the, this game, especially semi-finals, because the commentator we had was also saying something like, you know, you're playing in the semi-final, so, you know, be on the ball from the get-go. And it's not like we were just still in this sort of stupor. And not really, you know, the, the movement was not there. The, the, almost like we were trying audacious passes, you know, that spring across the field. But I mean, more often than not, it was getting uh, intercepted. And then I think it was something like 11 minutes, uh, almost like the, the told us, told you so moment where Parejo then floats in a free kick to the far post. It gets headed back across goal by Rodrigo. And then uh, Mukta Diakbi uh, rises between not one, not two. But three Arsenal players with Mustafi, Xhaka, and Lacazette all flat-footed, allowing Diakbi to nod home 1-0 to Valencia. It seems like we've been starting to mark in the box. A lot of our goals we've conceded has been like that. I mean, if we go back to Palace, they also had like a, like a flick on header goal. I mean, Leicester crossed the ball in um, free header. So it's like Arsenal have been giving up yeah. easy goals just because of their marking in the box. Clearly, the zonal marking is not working. I mean, what, what I don't get was, if you take the, the the core of, say, the start of the season and then you go on to parts, like about, say, till February, we were actually one of the few teams that were conceding the fewest goals from corners and set pieces. And it seems from about April and now, yeah, April and May, we've now, was like, oh, that has now gone out <laughs> the window and now we're way more vulnerable. Almost like the arsenal of old. Yeah, you can see teams are, are targeting that. I mean, every time they they get a set piece, you like you hold your breath, which is quite 
annoying, but what, what annoys me more is we struggle with set pieces, but yet we're still giving away free kicks. And I mean, one thing I also want to add with that um, goal we conceded, I mean, uh, this is now straight from the heart type of opinion and comment. I was really getting that uh, FA Cup all city sweats because I just thought to myself, if this is how quick they are starting, are we going to be in a situation where we're going to start having to chase like, to, you know, a two, almost like a two nil deficit type of thing? And it could, it could have been too long, because shortly after that, that Danny Parejo and Guedes both went close to scoring a second goal, like shortly moments after that, and it just showed that, yes, that they, was, they haven't woken up. That was that moment when Anthony and Niles decided to go into the flat <laughs> mode. When he came back, he had a ball that was about to night, and of course, he was in the theatre. And, and if you look at Una Emre, if you look, and if you saw Una Emre at one stage, you were just like telling his team to calm down. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. on the touchline, like which which I actually like, because I think, think Wenger would have just sat on his seat. I don't want to compare him to Wenger, but Wenger would have really thrown water bottles. But I think Una Emre was like, they come telling the guys, calm down, calm down, we're still in this, we're still in this. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I was probably going to be close to sitting on my hands and sort of rocking in my head. <laughs> There's going be problems, but that being said, 18th minute, kind of against the run of play, because, I mean, look, they were also attacking, I think, with that, that, that chance they broke, where Arsenal sprung into a sweeping counter-attack move, where, uh, like I said, at least Aubameyang with a defence-splitting pass. Um, the governor is forward, and, you know, checks his running in the box. As he was closed down, I think, by the goalkeeper, and Two uh, defenders. Uh, he then picks out the on-rushing Lacazette and guys the ball home, left-footed into an empty net. One-one came on. It was a good, like I know it was an easy finish, but if you watch the replay again, you see how Lacazette actually, you know, kept his head over the ball. And like for any of those the kids like watching soccer, it was a perfect example of like putting your head over the ball and following through, making sure you connect with it. Because I've seen many players sky a charge like that, or you know, eating it past the pearls. Because I mean, like, uh, one of my friends was also telling me, like, you know, is he left-footed or right-footed? So I said, well, he's left, but you can see his main aim was just to guide this thing accurate. I was like, we remember back in the day with Anelka, when he used to really want to be sure of that, that he would do that thing where you were mentioning with, you know, head over the ball and really seeing it, he's getting the ball into the net, you know, guiding the ball into the net. It was a good goal, and I mean, it was a good move, which kind of then set the tone for how the rest of the game was going to go. Yeah, that's true, because, I mean, at 24 minutes, Mustafi then makes a solid block from a Rodrigo shot. Uh, but you could also see, as you know, mentioned, the, the confidence was not growing throughout the team. And I mean, I think Xhaka was also... This is not, not just like what I picked up, but I mean, I was listening to, to people like Ian Wright and them also talking with they said, I think from the 23rd or whatever more a minute in the game, Xhaka then started to keep it more simple. And instead of doing that expansive uh, passing, uh, you know, that, that, that spraying the ball across the field, he was getting more accurate with, you know, pin, pin, uh, pinpointing the ball to the place he wanted. And, and of course, 25th minute, he then, it's a perfect cross to Lacazette to head us into the ground, but Neto couldn't really handle this ball and ended up allowing the ball to cross the line. And the ref, you know, gave the call based on that... Uh, Gold, Goal and Technology Watch. 2-1 Arsenal. I think a relief went through me and I threw through the air minutes crowd as well because of um, just calming the game down at 2-1 because at 1-0 or 1-1, you're thinking through it, 
are we going to get another goal? Is it going to end 1-1? So I think at that point, um, I was happy to make it 2-1 and I was really searching for the third and the fourth that yeah. I would hope would come. Because I mean, in my mindset, I was just thinking, you know, we you're trying to think of the permutations with, you know, can we take this 2-1 to the Mustaya? And I was just thinking, it was a, look, they are just, look, they can also score at any point in the game. And I, th- I was just sticking to my guns like I was in the previous podcast where I said, we need like a two-goal advantage to take at least to the Mustaya. Because for me, it would be suicidal to just go, you know, 2-1 up and that they, you know, leave it at that. We don't have the team anymore to to go with a one goal deficit to any home like you know any European tie. So I think that said, we need to sort out our defense. You know, for moments like you said, where you afraid to go away from your home ground with a one goal deficit. Um, the second half it starts. You know, as the first half starts, we have Valencia. We're going on the front foot, and then Socrates. I mean, he was, you know, to some degree, was almost like. A bit off form during the, the game, actually. I mean, I know he's normally a very strong character, but I mean, the certain things he was allowing himself to be sucked into because there was one one ball that got floated over, and he, I think, the ball was towards Rodrigo, and Rodrigo just slightly checked back, and Socrates Socrates just kept on running, <laughs> and I think it was end up, it ended up with Mustafi of all people that had to bail him out with getting a solid block in that diverted the ball away. I think I think in the second half. Um, Mustafi was one of our better defenders from the back three because at one stage, um, I don't know if you can recall, um, one of the, I can't remember which guy it was of Valencia again, but he just ghosted past Koscielny and I think I was in shock just the way Koscielny just couldn't catch up to him. Like Koscielny had this, the, the start on him, but next thing I knew, the Valencia guy just outgassed him to the ball and almost created a goal of opportunity from it. I, I think also with that, with Koscielny, it was like a, a, a slow uh, deterioration physically of him during the course of the, the second half, because I recall in that first half, he made a solid, solid header. That, I mean, you could see Guedes was, you know, lining us up for like a, like a perfect header towards goal, and I think it would have probably tested check. And out of nowhere, Koscielny came out and with a diving header, just got the ball away. But I think there were some moments also where there, you know, where there was also a certain point in the game where tackles were flying in, and I think that's where he actually got the heavy whack on the leg. And then you could also see he started slowing down, and you know, with the tempo of the game, it also wasn't helping the state he was in. That so you could see I would have actually made the substitution a bit earlier because for me it, it, it almost like drew Valencia even more onto us, and I think that's where those chances broke. You know, where Czech also had to make a fantastic save with the legs. From uh, the substitute. Oh yes, Camero. That, that was that was very. It was a crucial save. And like on either side of that, I think um, Lacazette should have buried the tie. Actually, I don't know how you saw that. That one way looked like a, a grade one diving into a swimming pool, almost trying to hit that ball. <laughs> and that opportunity we could have. He had all the time in the world to. Pick his corner. But I mean, in his defense, I mean, I was just also looking at that because at <laughs> first I was thought I was shocked. But uh, when you got like third and third and, uh, and second and third uh, view of the replay, he's actually, you can see he's lining where he's in, where the ball would have, probably would have dropped. But when that guy that was in front of him, I think, in the, I think Garay, it was, managed to just get the flick on over him. I think that is where he got totally, he almost like fooled himself there with that weird body shape there. Yeah, it looked quite funny, but 
I think if that had to go in at that time, I think maybe some some stuffing could have been knocked out of Valencia. I mean, I think also he made one. Uh, I think Lacazette also had one chance where it was actually a good save by Neto because it was uh, you know he could have not picked his spot, but he ended up going for the near post and ended up smashing the ball against Neto's leg. But I mean, I, I really think that was also a chance that he should have buried or given to Obama and or shifted to the far post. I think these are the chances that you and I always speak about that we need to take our chances. I mean, it happened against Napoli and luckily we got away with it. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen at the Mastaya, but we, we we need to stop being a bit complacent. I think we sometimes complacent when we in front of the games. I think we should have, like, you know, almost like put the foot on the back of their neck by scoring those two goals and then... It could have been out of sight, and then we could have gone to the Mastaya with our feet up on the couch. But I also think, you know, with regards now to the game, uh, Emery also not picked up that we were getting swarmed, and that was, uh, I think, the moment also we took off Ozil to bring on uh, Mkhitaryan, and then I think later on then he brought also Nacho Monreal on for Koscielny. But I mean, that being said, Arsenal were just knocking on the door more and more, you know, almost like looking and searching for that third goal. And the more we were searching for it, Valencia seem to play war withdrawn, you know, just thinking to themselves probably, you know, let's just take the defeat and go home with this 2-1 loss. But I mean, Arsenal must, swarming them. I must be credited to Emre as well when he brought Torreira on as well for Quendozi. I mean, he made a massive impact to Torreira when he came on. He could see he was getting about putting tackles in. And I think that also helped the cause as well. I mean, you know, I'm a big Quendozi fan, but I just felt there were certain points in the game. I mean, I think it was a bit in the second half and, and you know, partly the first uh, part in the second half was, uh, it seemed like the moment was starting to overwhelm him because, you know, we, look, we all know the way he plays, you know, he has a good direction of what he's doing. But I'm like, he was ending up just running to blind alleys and, and when you come here again, it's like, you know, look, look that's a very experienced midfield of, of Valencia. And they were just seeing almost like they're guiding him into these alleys and, and, and dead ends type of thing. So, yeah, as you said, good substitution. And, you know, with Arsenal swarming a loss, especially another loss, five minutes of the game, something he had to give. And then in the 90th minute, it came Valencia, failed to clear their lines after a great netto save because there was one hell of a shot by Lacazette that he pulled off. I think it was going top corner and he managed to claw it out. And the ball then broke to Kolasinac. And I was just thinking to myself, for the most, like for about 80, 85 minutes, whatever it was like falling to Kolasinac, he was either overeating or undereating his crosses. And I mean, this time he ends up eating one gem of a, a little dink across to the far post, where Aubameyang then peeled off the last man and ended up volleying in for the winner. Great, great goal, Alba. Yeah, I think we, I've given him a lot of slack, but I think that goal, you know, could be of real importance as well because a two-one to the Mastaya, I would have had my heart in my throat for the entire ninety minutes, and it would have been a flashback to was it two thousand, two thousand and one um, Champions League semi-final where or the semi-final quarter-final, sorry, quarter-final where we were two-one um, up going to the Mastaya, and then John Carew ended up dashing our hope, so three-one. Um, even though like uh, people still sound unconvincing that Arsenal going 3-1, I remember when we were 3-1 down against Rennes, they everyone was saying, oh, it could be a step too far from for Arsenal, they 
3-1 down. But now when we're 3-1 up, they're also saying again, the pundits and stuff are saying that we could... Uh, 3-1's not enough again. So, you know, it's always this is, not good enough or not good enough. And this is where I also decide, especially now, when you, when you see the sort of... Look, we've had a lot of negative results also, but now the last thing I want to do is now listen to somebody else is now just adding an extra nail to the coffin type of thing. So at the moment, I'm just trying to clear my head either with, with you know, watching other things or like other leagues or whatever, but just keeping myself away from, you know, stuff like ESPN FC or uh, channels like TalkSport Radio, stuff like that. I, you know, just stay clear of stuff like that. Just keep in your mindset, like, you know, your team has the target, what they, you know, which they want, which is like top four or via, you know, the, whether it's league or Europa League, so we know what we want. But I just think when you start put you know put your ears out to listen to what this thing is, journal says or that journal says, then even you start falling into that you know that uh, trap of doubting. In my opinion, you rather want to be three one up than three one down going into a second leg, regardless of a Wagle conceded or Wagle not conceded. You want to be going with a, a lead to the to the because they. Valencia now have to score two goals. If we score one, they need to score three. Because look, the thing is, look, they have also a very, uh, not always, but I mean, they also have the spark the bus type attitude at times. Because look, they can play a solid game because then they just plug everybody at the back. Because I mean, look at that. They were playing at one point in the second half where they're playing something like five at the back with almost like a sweeper. So, you know, they, they cannot play any sort of defensive mode or, or counter-attack. They're going to have to go out from the from the get-go. And I think that is where we can play that, almost like switch to a Napoli mode, where we, you know, sit and wait for our chances. Because I'm sure we will have enough speedsters in the team to have a run at them. Because, I mean, it's not like Garay and, and even um, uh, Gabriel are the quickest. I mean, they can. Because, I mean, they, they, especially with that game with, with, with the goal now of... Uh, like I said, the first one. I was just watching Gabriel when uh, they sent uh, Aubameyang through. He could barely hold up, you know, the, the, the pace with Aubameyang. Because, I mean, he just was like watching on the re-gliding past the defenders or anything past them. But, but they could have the protection of the policeman, a.k.a. Francis Coughlin. He, I think he could be back for the second leg. But if we play it clever, you can get him sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just get Eden Hazard on the field to um, ghost pass him and knock him off the ball. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think look, it's going to be a, a tougher scrap. And I mean, I think somebody like Xhaka will be, you know, up for it against somebody like Cochrane. Although, I mean, both the premise, I don't know, I'm <laughs> sure if both will end up, you know, if both teams will end up with 11 at the end of the game. Yeah, and Valencia is renowned for you know red cards in their games, mm. be it for them or the opposition. So you never know. I just think as well, if Colasinac could actually work on his final product, he could be a real deadly player for us. Yeah, it's sometimes frustrating. I mean, there's a lot of them that have that, that you know little flaw to their game. Because look at Iwobi, he does enough to get past like let's say the first man, the second man. And then he comes to the box, and then you can see he looks totally confused whether he should uh, pass or shoot or, you know, pick out somebody. But that is where they, they go. To, or they, like him and Colosinus, they have that blackout moments. Maitland uh, yeah. Niles also the other day. He, there were numerous. Uh, that was actually one thing I was wanting to mention. Look, he's been quite consistent for the majority of the games he's been playing in. 
But I think this game also, he looked, I mean, he didn't know whether or when he should cross because there were times he was getting nicely down the, the right wing. But he was just kind of dawdling too long before getting the cross in. And then, I mean, there were already bodies in the box on the edge of the box and he could pick out neither. But but definitely signings need to be made and hopefully, you know, um, our, our opposition or rivals for the top four can maybe slip up this weekend and maybe we can get the job done against Brighton and then suddenly, you know, we can we can sneak our way into the top four because I do believe that Brighton still have a lot to play for with the relegation still on their mind. I mean, I find it a pity. I think the Watford-Chelsea game kicks at the same time as ours tomorrow because I actually would have liked to have seen the sort of game Watford is going to give Chelsea for that game tomorrow afternoon? I think that um, Chelsea will be tested definitely. Watford won't. I don't think they'll be lying down in any way because even though we discussed that, you know, they could race pledge for the FA Cup, but it could be players' chances to show that I can be in that FA Cup final yeah. as well. So, I think, if you know, Bournemouth, even though the odds are quite high for today's game against the uh, Tottenham. I think Tottenham also have to rest players if they um, want to give it all for the Champions League on Wednesday night. So it's 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 a, almost like a game of chess now of how you need to manage your team for for Europe because all of us are in Europe barring Man United. I mean, you saw that game when we played when we just scraped that two-one win against Bournemouth. They were getting their foot stuck in numerous times into our players. I mean, I think for the majority of that first half, when I, if I can just think now back to that, that game where we beat, where we beat uh, Bournemouth, they were really, you know, raking the studs down the back of the leg or, you know, after the player lays the ball, they'd still run into the player. So I think they will probably try to rough Tottenham up for that, that especially the first half. Uh, definitely they will. I think Tottenham's, some of the players' minds will also be on Wednesday night while they're playing. So... Sometimes they may go half-heartedly into a tackle. You might pull out of a 50-50 header because you don't want to get the concussion. And by the way, I know um, Batongan, I think, picked up a head injury. Is, do you know? have any idea if he could be fit for the game against Bournemouth? That will be a massive plus for think, us if he's not there. I think it's a, a risk, really, to play him you know, for, for the Saturday game if we got that knock-on. What was it on? Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. Look, they would but, probably have kept, even if it's not a full concussion, sometimes you get that, they call it a secondary concussion where you actually can start feeling ill the day after the game, where you can you either can collapse or you feel constantly nauseous and stuff like that. So I just think they wouldn't have probably rushed him into, say, the Wednesday or Thursday training. So it's also, if he plays, you're also taking that risk of, again, Almost like of injury if he did not now get a full uh, training session and it also behind his back. So we will probably see it how it happens when the game kicks off in you know, an hour's time. I, I just worry now as well. What does Ars- what do Arsenal do on Sunday? Do they, you know, give it their all? Or do they hold back and say, hang on, we have a, a semi-final to look forward to? Yeah, this is where now we, we switch our attention to the Brighton game tomorrow and my take with the game is I think it should rather be something where Ozil plays maybe tomorrow. Because look, it's our own game. It's a game we're probably going to have 70, 80% possession. And I just think compared to the away tie, where I would rather have, you know, it's going to be a tougher affair. So you're going to need tougher players also to play that away game. So 
that is where I would then omit Ozil again, you know, for the, the, the Mustaya game. So I'd rather have him play now tomorrow, probably have, you know, as many of the players that are not going to be, you know, in, in the reckoning for the uh, playing on, on next Thursday. So, you know, I have maybe if, it depends also how the game plan is of, you know, it will be played. But I mean, I would not try that 4-4-2 again after that nightmare that we saw against <laughs> I would not try away. It's really away from going that direction. But with regards to Brighton, uh, we take on the team that's 17th in the league. Um, I think they are chasing one win to get safety. Yeah. And um, the uh, Brighton's last three games are two draws, one win. Our, our games are, of course, the three losses. <laughs> Um, their goal threat is Glenn Murray. I think he's got about 11 goals a season for them. But I think after that, you get a big jump because then I think the next one is like five goals and four goals. Um, their key players are Shane Duffy in defense and then Bernardo and Proper in midfield because the, the two of them are also normally, uh, you know, quite tough in the central, in the middle of the park. Um, my Maitland Niles will be suspended for the game. So, Probably Mustafi or Lichsteiner to come in at right back, but I don't know. Maybe he will, you know, put Lichsteiner out on the right to save Mustafi more for the game on on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, hoping next year we'll have a Wednesday or next season have a Wednesday or Tuesday night game. Yes. All habits, they say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Mustafi at right back seems much more assured yeah. than Mustafi at centre back. So. Maybe I'll take a chance with Mustafi at right back um, tomorrow. Something also want to add is um, Brighton have lost all 11 of the Premier League away games to the top six this season. The aggregate score of two goals for 23 against. Make of it what you will. Oh, wow. But you know what happens? Eh? You know, these records are always meant to be broken against Arsenal because I've heard many times this guy hasn't scored in so many years. Ben Ticket, for example, he didn't score in a year. And, you know, no, that as always... the commentary curse because that's what I get. It's like when you watch, whether it's cricket or rugby or, or football, when you hear when people start popping up these uh, stats out of the blue, then normally that type of things pop up in reality. But as an Arsenal fan, I've seen it pop up way too many times. But hoping we put that commentator curse behind us and actually get a comfortable result against against Brighton and then take the top four battle to the final game of the season. Yeah, but I just think also now, I mean, I know people are saying, make, you know, drastic changes. I just think we need to keep the squad, you know, but for that little bit of, you know, the tweaks that I mean now for, for the Thursday night game. I would actually go in also as strong because... Just think of it like this. You want to go with that mind. Look, we already now got that win now. So that mentally now, we are kind of surfing the high wave now. So keep that sort of mentality going. And I mean, who knows? It could uh, The others could slip up now also in the top four race. Because I mean, as you saw, both of us also said, with this season, it would be also nice to you know cover both fronts where we know we can still have a chance either way. Yeah, you want to you go watching... Um... Even though we want the Europa League as silverware, but you want to go watching that final, should we get there, with your feet up and being like, okay, worst case scenario, we lose, we're still in the Champions League. Best case scenario, we win and we get the trophy. And I think for confidence for the team as a whole, and Emre, the Europa League will be a perfect building block, you know, 
to let the team know that okay we have one silverware in the pocket let's try to move on now and i mean we'll be also representing arsenal with the i mean the england in that super cup as well which could also be good for the team's confidence i mean that could i know i'm going far ahead but i mean it can lead to a building blocks of arsenal actually yeah true going into the new season so um we'll end off the podcast now hope you guys have an awesome awesome weekend thank you for all your support i mean it, it, it looks really on the up now the way the podcast is growing we thank you all hope you guys have also a positive result with arsenal tomorrow come on you gunners Thanks, guys, for the support, and hopefully we can get the three points tomorrow. Bye.